Welcome to today's Jersey Joe's on Sports podcast. Let's get started. Yo, 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 let's go. It's time again for Jersey Joe's on Sports Podcast. We are back after a little hiatus. Uh, good to be back. Sorry about that for everybody out there listening. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, life does get in the way. But we are back in the saddle again. Greg B. here, and I'm with my buddy Johnny A. Johnny, how you doing today? Uh, little cabin fever, Greg. Uh, we've got a little bit of a s- uh, snowstorm here that's uh, put a damper on my Wednesday. Kids are home from school. Dogs uh, peeing in the house. And uh, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm losing it a little bit today, but it's, it's you know it's good to hear good to hear from you and good to get down to uh, talking some sports again. Absolutely. Well, I got I got to tell you, we've been off for a couple of weeks, but we have a lot to talk about. And and uh, you know, most people you know would think we might go NCAA tournament. I'm going to go a different direction because I'm going to go off the reservation here because I've been blown away with what I've seen in uh, PGA with the, what's going on with golf, John. I'm like we're two weeks away from the Masters, and I got Phil Mickelson winning tournaments for the first time in years i got tiger woods looking like the tiger woods of old i got rory mcelroy looking like a beast last weekend i mean is this masters going to be one of the greatest ever or what it's lining up to be one of the best the best ever because you've got the the two elder statesmen both as you said tiger and phil playing good golf again uh justin thomas is going to be there it was nice to see rory throw his hat in the ring he just needs to take it easy on yelling about not selling beer at pga events because uh we, we all like to have a couple chili willies while we're walking along watching the big boys play Absolutely. And coming from an Irishman, too, that's really disappointing. Uh, Northern Irishman. There's a big distinction. <laughs> Very true. Very true. But hey, I won't spend too much time on golf when we, uh, you know, obviously got NCA uh, hoops going on right now. And, uh, you know, no surprise to nobody, the South bracket is a complete disaster. But uh, I know a team very close to your heart, your Villanova Wildcats, are looking pretty good. I, I, but, I, you know, I look at the bracket after what happened last weekend and look at it in all the teams that played. And, you know, I, I wasn't, uh, there weren't tons of surprises. Obviously, you know the the Loyola Chicago was surprising, and Virginia going down was a shock. But I got to tell you, Kentucky has a beautiful road to the Final Four right now, and I, I got to be honest with you, I think they're my favorite to get to the final. I don't know if they'll win it, but they they're, they're looking really good right now. Well, I, I think I, I think I like Kentucky coming out of the South for sure. Uh, they don't have a whole there's not a, there's not a real tough path of resistance for them. Um, I am looking at Gonzaga coming out of the West. Uh, the way that Duke played on Saturday, I can't see anybody beating them in the Midwest. Um, as far as my Villanova Wildcats go, I think we're going to have our toughest test in the East on Friday night up in Boston against uh, West Virginia and Bobby Huggins. Um, yeah. very, very tough team, physical team, plays a pressure defense, so it's going to follow our guards, which is our strength, and hopefully we can beat them because I like our chances against um, either Texas Tech or Purdue, especially Purdue with their, uh, their, their Ivan Drago-like center is now playing with a broken wing. Um, so, so, yeah, I like our guys making the Final Four and seeing Duke there, and that's a real tough I like Nova, I like Duke, I like Gonzaga, I like Kentucky, which makes an interesting Final Four. Um, But I really am not excited about seeing either West Virginia on Friday or Duke potentially down the line. Those two teams that scare me. No, I'm with you. I, I think Duke's peaking at the right time. I think that, uh, you know, Coach K kind of knew all along this was kind of the path he was going on, and he's got his team, you know, ready to play at the right time, and I think they're looking real good. You know, the Kansas team, uh, although, you know, they have looked impressive, you know, Seton Hall should have beat that team. I mean, they they had them multiple times. They just couldn't do what they needed to do to finish that game off. And, I, you, know, uh, you know, I hear a lot of, I've read a lot of stories about the Seton Hall team and how they did such a great job. I'm sorry, they didn't do a good job at all. 
honestly. I mean, with that senior-led team and what they had, they won one NCAA you know, final game in the tournament, and that's all they did for the whole time that they were there. I, I've got to be honest, I think it was a huge disappointment because that team was much better than what they were produced over the last few years. I know they had over 20 wins, but I mean, come on, you got to get it done when it counts. Well, it is disappointing that they didn't at least advance to the Sweet 16 once. Uh, I will say, in all fairness to Kevin Willard and uh, Seton Hall, they have been getting a uh, they have been getting rough draws from the from the committee. I mean, looking at Kansas as a second round pick, a second round game rather is a is a tall order for anybody. Um, and they and you know they did hang in there. But if you look back to some of their prior seedings, I mean, was it was it last year or the year before they were playing Gonzaga in the first round? You know, I mean, they they, they draw very very difficult opponents. It seems the last few years. Now, part of it's their own fault for not uh, not winning more games. I mean, you've got to win you know up into the mid twenties for you to get yourself a, a little bit easier path to the Sweet Sixteen. I would agree, and I think the other thing that's hurt them is their performance in the Big East tournament too, because I don't think they've performed up to the level on that. I mean, I, I realize they ran into a hot team, you know, uh, you know, this year in Providence, but I mean, come on, you got, you got, you got to find a way to win that kind of game. I, I just, you know, I, I think it's disappointing because I feel like they had so much talent on that team, and you know, I mean, they went out there and they just they just whooped up on NC State, which is a really, in, in my mind, I watched the Wolfpack obviously a lot, and that was a pretty solid team, and they, they that game was never in doubt. Um, you, you, you just got to do a, a better job and you know I, I think Will's got the he's got the program in the right direction and he's doing a good job but overall I just wish the performance was better and you know what to your point about the seeds too I, I do agree um, you know you play in the Big East Conference where they did have two number one seats going into the tournament and you know they're they're in there and they're ranked high I think they got to get a better seating than what they did I mean I think they did get a little bit screwed with the eight seed but um, but but at the end of the day I think it comes back to what you said before which is you know win 24 win 25 games don't win 20 or 21 and you won't have that problem i agree with you and then it speaks to a larger point and a disappointing performance of the big east that we only got one team in the sweet 16 uh my guys whereas you know you had some hot teams xavier providence coming down the stretch i was very disappointed at providence um you know went out in the first round um you look at xavier i mean xavier looked really dominant this year mm-hmm. um you know when florida state really turned it on the second half there uh, Chris Mack completely stopped coaching and just continued to scream and, and, and try to berate the refs. And that, that obviously was not the answer at the time. Uh, but he's, he's a bit of a whiny complainer. You know, we begrudgingly you know, root for him because it is, it is a Big East team uh, in the postseason. But uh, part, part of me was kind of like, you know, good, good for him. You get what you deserve there, Chris. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he brought that up because I got to be honest. With you, I was watching that game and I was I was pulling my hair out, you know, obviously because I had Xavier. But besides that, I'm watching it come down the line. I had him on the money line, so all I had to do was win the damn game. And I'm watching those last couple of possessions. And you know, uh, Steve Lapish was was making the call and he, he hit it on the head. They had a two for one situation there, and what they did is instead of having a two for one, they walked the ball up the court to take the last shot, and they took a horrible shot on top of it. Like they, what? What did you waste the time out for? If that's what you're going to do, you one you had. A- play that you didn't even utilize properly and then two you didn't even get the, the shot off in time so you can get another possession on the back end of it it was Be- atrocious because he was over berating the refs he was bitching at the refs instead of drawing up a good play so you yeah. know what this go this goes right to chris mack and his bald head that he he coached his team right out of that game so yeah. uh so sh- shame on him um but I, I i am sorry that the big east is not you know doesn't have you know two three or even four teams in the sweet 16 because it, it is a good conference it's still very competitive with a lot of good quality programs good quality coaches i'm just sorry to see the ball didn't roll their way um 
you know, here going to the second weekend of the big dance. No, I'm with you. And, and to pick on bald headed coaches, how about the coach of Cincinnati? I mean, I'm sorry, your 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 stud Cumberland picks up his fourth foul with twelve minutes to go and he tells you he's fine, he stays in the game. No, you get his rear end out of there. You put him on the bench. You don't listen to him because two minutes later he makes a stupid play on a on a defensive rebound and fouls out of the game and then after that point they were done. I mean I mean these coaches gotta gotta do a better job. I mean and, and you look at look at look who's in the tournament right now. I mean Roy Williams Williams, you know, good for you. I'm glad you got your rear end beat because you know why your team should have been on probation. You shouldn't be playing right now. You should have you should have retired last year after you were lucky to keep your season going. You know what? So you should go off into the sunset and just go away. I'm tired of you. And I was glad to see Tom Izzo get his brains beat in too because I'm I'm tired of hearing how good he is every year when Michigan State the last couple of years has done nothing but choke in the tournament. And Bruce Pearl, you know, you got exactly <laughs> what you deserve too because you know I can't stand Bruce Pearl. I think he's a and I, I couldn't be happier with what happened to him. So sorry for my little rant on coaching, but I mean, coaching is such a huge part of this tournament, and I huge. think it rang clear. Huge, and uh, yeah, Bruce Pearl, how's your thirty-one point piece of humble pie tasting right now? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and, and for, furthermore, I, I will put uh, you know one more touch on our uh, talking about the NCAA tournament here. Uh, it was nice to see the Virginia Cavaliers go down. All I heard living here. Um, outside of Washington, D.C. was how great UVA was all year. Um, several people I know, UVA alum here in our town of Arlington, Virginia, were filling out their brackets by just writing UVA in the middle as the ultimate winner and not filling anything else out. The, a lot of these folks drove down to Charlotte on Friday night to what they thought to watch a gimme game. And here's to the UMBC Retrievers for uh, for not only beating them, but beating them soundly and sending them back to Charlottesville with their tails between their legs. Yeah, exactly. As you said to me uh, the night it was going down, uh, UMBC stands for you made a bad choice. I love it. And, and, and it's a beautiful thing that they went and knocked UVA off of their uh, their pedestal. You know that UVA alums uh, refer to, to their alma mater as the university. So anybody... Anybody that asks answers the question, where'd you go to school? They answer, the university. Guess what? You need to take a slice of humble pie. <laughs> yeah, amen. Amen. Hey, I want to I want to obviously talk a little bit about NFL draft here, but before we do, I want to transition over to the uh, the lines this week for uh, the tournament, which starts tomorrow night. Opening round, you got you got Nevada, one-and-a-half-point favorite um, over Loyola Chicago. You got Michigan as a three-point favorite over A&M. Kentucky, minus five-and-a-half over Kansas State. And then you get the Zags, five-and-a-half over Florida state anything jump out of you anything you like in those those first uh thursday night games well i'm looking i i I do like uh i know that you are a fan of texas a&m i'm i'm a fan of uh, michigan um i think that michigan uh i'd give the points if i'm michigan i lay the points there i also lay the points uh if i'm gonzaga I'm, i'm putting my money on mark few you're talking about great coaches uh nevada did impress me when i saw them this year so i'm laying the wood there uh, and of course i'm going with Co- coach cal the uh the wildcats are hot i'm laying the five and a half so um, i'm going with the favorites i'm going with the favorites across the board tomorrow night wow wow and then friday night we got kansas four and a half over clemson uh your wildcats given five to west virginia which is a lot but i, I understand why duke given 11 and a half to cuse and purdue minus one and a half to texas tech what, what, what are your thoughts there um i I am taking Purdue, and I am laying the one and a half. I do like them. I'm laying off West Virginia Villanova. Too many points there. Um, I'm laying off of Syracuse Duke for the same reason, too many points. And um, I'm going to go and take Clemson plus the points um, against Kansas. Kansas is beatable. Yeah, interesting, and I think Columbus is playing really good right now. I kind of, I kind of like that one too. And I got to be honest with you, I, I, I think Duke wins by twenty. I think Syracuse stinks. I think that <laughs> they are know, overrated. They're overrated. They're, 
but nobody, I, nobody, nobody can solve the zone on a consistent basis. So I mean, you look well, at Bayham with these crappy teams. He's going in a double-digit seed the last few years, um, and he finds a way to advance. I mean, they, you got to give the guy credit. Does he run a shady program? Yeah. Are, are his are his players pretty average by Syracuse standards? Yes. Look, look, they're standing in the Sweet Sixteen yet again. Yeah, no, I get it. But if there's one coach you want to to coach against the press and or against the the uh, zone and to get their kids prepared, and he's got a few days to do it, I mean, I'd take Coach K. Uh, you know, they played him during the regular season. They beat him at home in in Durham, sixty to forty four. I mean, I think that's what we're looking at. I don't even think it's going to be a game. I think they blow their blow their doors off. It's, I really it's, do. It's a fair point. I mean, you know, Duke not only has the best coach in the history of the sport, but they've also got the horses, and their their front line was um, was was just off the charts good on uh, on Saturday. They, they they really they looked like an unbeatable team the way they played on Saturday. No, I I agree. I agree. You know the other um, the other game I, I really like. Um, you know when I look at the look at the board too is I, I agree with you. I like Kentucky a lot. I I just think that they are peaking at the right time. I think Calipari will have them ready to play. I don't think Kansas State's that good, honestly. Um, and I think I think Kentucky will come out and win win fairly easily. I think they might even win by double digits. I, I can see that completely. Um, you know, I don't think Kansas State's got the horses. Kentucky, they're young, but the talent is there. And uh, look, again, speaking to the coaching side of things, Cal's been there. You know, if anybody can settle these guys down and get them to play their best game tomorrow night, it's Cal. Absolutely. And, and they're, they are just, they're they're starting to get hot. I mean, you kind of saw in the SEC tournament, every game they got a little better. And that last game, you know, in the finals, they looked, they looked real good. And it's just continued here uh, into the tournament. And now, I mean, he's got to be licking his chops knowing that, you know, he's the highest seed basically left in his bracket to get to the final four. And, you know, I mean, in, in the bottom part of the bracket, the one and two are out there too. So, I mean, he's got a nice road to the finals if he can pull it off. Yeah, I, I think you can. I think you can safely write Kentucky in in the uh, Final Four. Yeah, I, you know, I would agree too. But uh, then again, I did watch uh, UMBC and I and I saw what Loyola Chicago did too. So I'm not going to write anybody just yet. Uh, it's a it's a fair point, but uh, no, Kentucky strong favorite for the Final Four, um, and I think Villanova West Virginia is going to be the best remaining game in the East. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hey, let's jump over. Let's talk a little NFL draft. So since we spoke last, a lot's happened. And I think the best thing that's happened is all of a sudden the New York football giants hold the entire draft after pick number one hostage right now. Because with the Jets move, uh, knowing that they want to go up and get that quarterback with what they did, the Giants now kind of hold the future of a lot of teams with that number two pick and what they're going to do. You know, everything I'm reading says that they're not going quarterback. I still don't buy it. Um, But, you, you know, you're... You're in that position now. You're the Browns. Uh, I got to believe the Browns are taking uh, Darnold or Allen. Uh, You're the Giants at number two. What are you doing? Um, I got to answer your question with a question. Um, What do they think they have with Webb as a backup? Because I think that that's got to drive a lot of the discussion here. I completely agree, and I think that's the million-dollar question. And I think the thing that's frustrating as a Giant fan right now is, while I, I, uh, you know, agree with what happened with the whole Eli situation and McAdoo and kind of backing him up, I still wish we would have got him some snaps there at the end of the season, those last couple of games, at least in the second half, to kind of give us some kind of balance sheet on what we're looking at here. Because right now, I have no clue. I don't know if anybody does. Well, I mean, you got to hope that Gettleman uh, knows his stuff. I mean, you'd like to think that he's he's a top GM and, a, and an evaluator of talent. And if he thinks that he's got something there with Webb that Webb can mentor under Eli the next uh, next two years, maybe three years, I don't know how long Eli uh, thinks he can stick around or how long the Giants think that he can play uh, at a high level. If you think that you can, I agree with you. You hold some guys hostage. You you load up. I mean, you're in a rebuild situation right now. If you're able to grab, if you're able to trade down in the first round and you're able to, 
to, to line your pockets with you know a couple number twos, maybe number threes, even if they're next year. You're in a you're in a blow it up, rebuild it process right now. So if you can you can shake an extra four decent draft picks out of this thing, and, and it all hinges on if Webb is uh, if Webb is the real deal. I think you go ahead and do it. Um, I like these quarterbacks, but do I love any of them? No, I mean it's really it's a jump into the great unknown. So I yeah. think I think you play it safe and you load yourself up. Law of averages says, well, all those picks you're going to get some help. No, I agree. I think I, I think if I'm the Giants at number two, I'm looking to deal that pick honestly because I'm with you. I, I like all the quarterbacks, and maybe maybe I'm wrong. Five years from now, we'll know. Um, but I don't think that there's a there's not an Andrew Luck or a Peyton Manning. Let's say that in my mind, or an so, Eli Manning. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, if that's the case, then you know what. When the phone call comes from the from the Buffalo Bills, which I believe that it will, you know what? You take that phone call and you swap with them. You get out of the second pick. You get their twelfth. You get their twenty second, and you get Shady McCoy. And let's uh, let's move on and get a get a couple extra picks. You know, next year and the year after, in the second, third, or fourth round, whatever it may be. I think you got to do it. I, I agree with you hundred percent. You know what? I'll take more picks in lieu of McCoy. Also, I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of tread left on those tires. Uh, you know, but he does he does answer a short term need anyway, especially if Eli's your quarterback. You got a That's couple fair. year window. Yeah, I mean, we we picked up um, what's his face from John, Carolina, Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart. So I mean, you you got the veteran backup there. Um, I'd like an every down back, and man, uh, I wouldn't mind handing the ball to, to McCoy a lot. I think it, all it would do is maybe prolong Eli's career a couple years too, because he's not going to be sitting back in the pocket as much. I agree with you, but the point where I was uh, throw, throwing out there about the accumulation of picks is that the offensive line, you know, the interior on the line, uh, even right tackle, I mean, you need you need a lot of help there. So the more picks you can accumulate, I think the quicker you can answer that. And again, law of averages says you pick two or three offensive linemen, uh, one of them is going to turn out to be a winner. Um, and I think that the more of those picks they can throw at the offensive line, uh, the better for Eli short term and the better for the team uh, in order to be able to run the ball again. Yeah, I mean, I think Soldier helps a lot. I mean, obviously, oh, huge, huge. I mean, that, that helps. Need. Yeah, and it, and it also allows it also allows you to, to let us shuffle the line around now and and you know hide flowers a little bit, which I think will help. And it's too bad we weren't able to land Norwell like everybody said we were going to be. I mean, yeah, I think, but I think we got the second best guy, and we got a tackle instead of a guard too, which I think is more of a need than a than a guard anyway. So I, I'm happy with that. You know, I, I think it was a good move. Do I think we overpaid? Yes, but I mean, if you're in a situation like like we are, I don't think you have a choice. You almost have to overpay to get to get a position like that and to fill that need so no very very fair point no and i think the soldier was a great signing um so so we'll, we'll see where that goes but i i agree with you let's accumulate some picks uh would i would i be would i be disappointed if i saw sam darnold get drafted by the giants probably not i think that he's probably the best out of the bunch um but with that said is he he's not eli manning coming out he's not peyton right. he's not andrew luck he's not any of these can't miss guys um, he's somebody that's gonna that's gonna take some seasoning, um, and he could be a little bit of a project in the short term. I think Rosen is probably the most pro ready quarterback, and he's a guy that's had a hard time staying healthy in his college career. So exactly, um, you that's know, my I, biggest concern with that guy. I agree a hundred percent. And then Josh Allen. I mean, who do you play against? I mean, yeah, you're six five, you can throw the ball a mile. He doesn't really know where it's going half the time. So um, and Baker, Baker's six feet tall. I mean, do, do you think he's really Drew Brees in the making? I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, from what I understand, I understand Allen and, and uh, Mayfield are the two guys that in their workouts and stuff have risen their stock um, over the other two. And, I mean, I, I got a feeling Cleveland's going to take Darnold. And uh, if he does, um, if the Giants don't deal that pick – you know, I, I would say take the quarterback because I don't I don't hope to be in this position for a very long time again. Um, but I have a feeling if if we don't take the quarterback and we have that pick and we keep the pick, I think they're going Barkley. I really do. 
Well, yeah. If you if you can't trade that two pick for what you for what you like, I think I think that and, and Darnold is taking number one. I think that you do go Barkley. I I, I would agree with that. He's See, a ge- I, generational kind of talent. I think he's good. I still go Chubb because I have I put I put more of a premium on defense, um, and I want guys that can rush the passer. Uh, so if I can get that as opposed to a running back, which I don't think is you know as important position, uh, I would go Chubb personally. Um, but but honestly, I'd be looking to get out of that pick. Uh, is what I would do. That would be my first option. Right. Let, let somebody else. Let somebody else have to um, you know to take that plunge um, at number two. You know, with all the uncertainty around the um, the talent at the top of the draft. Uh, so tra- trade out of there. Line your pockets with with some twos, some threes, some fours, whatever you can get. Just get a lot of picks. Get as many picks as you can because you need them over the next couple of years. No, I agree, and I think I think the Bills are a realistic uh, you know option, especially being that Gettleman has a relationship there with the front office. Um, I also think the Broncos at five could be potential. Um, I think Elway could pick up the phone and make the phone call, um, and then I think the Dolphins are a real serious uh, you know. Oh, team absolutely, that, to, absolutely. They, they're at eleven. They're, I mean, they're, so. they're at eleven. So you've got a bunch of teams. Thank, thanks to McCagnan and the Jets, um, they put the Giants in a uh, in a good power position here. Absolutely, and you don't think the Dolphins would love to jump one spot in front of the Jets and screw them too at the same time? I think. No question. I mean, no so question. same with same with the Bills. I mean, both of them in the same division. I mean, that's perfect. And, and like you said, Elway needs the QB too. Um, so, so it's nice. It's nice to have that pick and, and be in a driver's seat right here. So, I, uh, let's hope that Davey G uh, maximizes the return he can get for that. Absolutely. Hey, Johnny, I think that's uh, that's a wrap on today. But um, good to be back in the saddle. Glad uh, we got a chance to talk a little sports today. Um, let's try to get on one uh, early next week after we know who uh, who's positioned here in the next round of the NCAA tournament. Talk about that. We can recap a little bit more about golf. And as we, as, uh, as we get closer to, uh, we didn't even touch on it, but we got uh, spring training uh, is coming to an end. And uh, a week from Monday is opening day. So I uh, can't wait. No, I can't wait for baseball, and I'm ha- happy to see the Yankees shore up their infield with Brandon Drury and Neil Walker. Um, yep. I, you know, it's going to come back to the starting rotation, how healthy the starting rotation can stay, um, and what these youngsters can bring You know, when Glaber Torres comes up uh, later in the year also. No, absolutely. I think both the teams in New York have great starting lineups if everybody can stay healthy uh, as far as that goes. And I think it should be a good baseball, uh, you know, summer ahead in uh, in New York. For, good, good, for good sure. summer, good summer, good summer uh, lining up for uh, for both the Mets and the Yankees. And uh, watch out for Matt Harvey; he's actually looking like his old self again. No, I know it could be it could be great. It'd be good to see the Dark Knight back again. I, I uh, as much as I uh, you know don't love the Mets, I, I always like to see them play well for the most part. Keep it interesting in New York, and uh, he's a character, and I like that. Hey, like hey that. he's tw- he's twenty eight years old. He's uh, he's apparently he's healthy, and hopefully he he got that little uh, supermodels and booze uh, stage out of the way. Yeah, exactly, and <laughs> and I think I said it a couple podcasts ago. Take the Mets over this year. I think the number's too low, people. I think I think it's a that's a good bet. Jump on it. I think the Mets have a good season. What was the number again? I believe it was 81. Yeah, you know what? I'm taking you over on that as well. They, they've, yeah. they, they've got some pop in the lineup, and if the starters stay uh, healthy, um, yeah, I, I like the, the over easily on that. I'll double check, but I believe that was the last. Uh, I'll have to go back and uh, re- reread the transcript from one of our earlier podcasts. But I, <laughs> Fair I, enough. <laughs> but I think I think that's a good play. Fair enough. Well, it's good. It's good to be back. It's good to hear from you, and uh, and hopefully we're doing something early next week where we're talking about the final four as well. Sounds good, Johnny. Enjoy that snowstorm. Uh, Stay warm. (laughs) Don't beat the dog too much when he pees in the house, and I'll talk to you in a few days. Sounds good, Greg. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Take care, everyone.